episode 151 of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I am Jared, and I am here with the scourge of Ironforge and the game industry public defender, Nick Zelenkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yes, actually, I don't know. We might have to rework that title, Nick, because you haven't been doing much public game defending recently. That is true. You know what? I'm just tired. Tired of defending it. (laughs) Defend yourself. I don't care anymore. I I really, as I was saying, I was like, "Oh, when's the last time Nick has said something ridiculous?" I don't know. I'm I'm sure we got topics today. Something will come up. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure it will. (laughs) But uh, let's go ahead and get into our news bites uh, because we are trying to, you know, make this concise and stick to the plan. Yeah, good luck with that. Unlike you know the previous 150 mash casts. Casts. Ooh, it is. It is late. It's late on Sunday, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> but um, okay. So let's get into our news bites. Uh, first off, Nintendo announces they have new hardware coming. It's funny because I think uh, the Nintendo announcements are probably the. I shouldn't say uh, are the only. I shouldn't say that they're the only ones that are important because that's not what I mean. It's, it's more like people care about the code names of Nintendo products because they actually don't know what the name of the system is going to be. Whereas with your Xboxes and Playstations, you know it's going to be Xbox or Playstation, you know, something. Whereas with Nintendo, you have no idea what it's going to be called. So, uh, they, they have, a you know, next game, the next gaming hardware is called uh, the NX. And that's all we've heard about it. But yet, there's a bunch of articles popping up about it. You know? GameStop is actually they're doing pre-orders on it. Yeah, that's yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> it is it is absolutely disgusting that GameStop is doing that. Right. But they are. I mean, you, if you want to, you can pre-order an NX, even though you don't know what it is. Well, you have the, no idea what it's going to do. <laughs> the only thing that I find interesting is that I remember when we first heard Nintendo was working on something called the DS, and then we found out that stood for like dual screen, and they actually kept that name. Yeah. So maybe there's if you can figure out what. You know, like, maybe it's, like, now with x-rays? I don't know. It probably just stands for next or something. I mean, that's the thing, like, uh, I, people, I don't I don't think anybody should be surprised by this. I, I'm surprised if you're surprised by it, to be honest with you. What, the Nintendo's working on new hardware? Yeah, because, I mean, no. it was clear that the Wii U was a placeholder. I mean, the Wii U came out at the tail end of last generation with slightly better graphics than last generation. Well, I think part of it, too, was that Nintendo announced the whole partnership with Dina as far as like actually starting to get some games in a mobile space. Right. And, I, and it seems to me that the way this was phrased was like, you know, as proof, as proof that Nintendo made strong enthusiasm for the dedicated game system, let me confirm that Nintendo is currently developing a dedicated game platform uh, under the development code name NX. That was uh, uh, that was uh, Iwata said that. So I think that I don't. It's not like they're announcing anything specific. I think they're just trying to be like, look, we're we're getting into this mobile partnership, uh, you know, and we're gonna have some 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 new mobile games coming out. But don't think that we're abandoning consoles because everybody's waiting for that. Everybody's ready to jump. You know, everybody's ready to start pouring dirt on the on the grave for consoles. Um, 
And he's like, no, you know, like that, that, you know, like, yeah, we're moving in that direction, but by no means are we abandoning consoles. And he's just mentioning that. And he didn't say what it is. He didn't say any information about that. I'd be, you know, I fully expect that somewhere in the bowels of Microsoft and Sony, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox, whatever arbitrary number they pull out of a bingo, uh, bingo bin. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever number they decide to give that, those are being worked on as well. Um, so, I mean, this is this isn't really anything we, we this isn't anything we couldn't have speculated. We just know, okay, like they they've said they're working on it, and I guess within within two years we'll we'll hear we'll hear more, um, but who knows when? Well, I, I wouldn't think that the, this the way they phrase this, it wouldn't seem like we should expect any kind of formal announcement at E3. They said they're not going to announce anything until next year. Yeah, so yeah, two, yeah. So I, they'll probably announce three. something next year, and then the year after that, it'll be available. Makes which, sense. It makes sense. Well, because yeah, with the Wii U came out in 2013. Yeah, came out 2013. That means in 2017 we'll see yeah, a new so. system, which is that's like a four or five year console cycle. That's the way. That's the way God intended. <laughs> that's know? how it goes when you have a crappy console. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because like, the, the Xbox, the original Xbox one um that was only a four-year cycle right yeah and but then, beforehand yeah. like consoles like we you know for a while there new consoles were coming out every four to five years yeah you know and i don't know beyond that, that, that it's just with the with the uh 360 and the ps3 that it lasted for so long you know and that's because those consoles were top of the line when they came yes. out. And that's not and with this console generation, that's not happening. Well, I think that's part of the thing is it's not only that those consoles were top of the line when they came out, but this was the generation when we decided like, oh, we don't need top of the line systems this, you know, for the coming generation. So at the point when we would have wanted new top of the line hardware, it was kind of decided like, well, what we have now is actually still good, so we're going to push this for a few more years. I don't see. I, I I disagree with that. I think the pro- the problem was that they spent so much. They they took such a loss on those consoles when they first came out. I mean, uh, if I remember correctly, the Xbox 360 didn't start making money until late until its life cycle. Yeah. Like Microsoft was losing money on every Xbox, and Sony. Oh my God! They, because they fucked up so badly, they took a major hit. I mean, even with the uh, with the PS4, I'm sorry, PS4, the PS3 being 600 bucks in some cases they were still losing money per console because blu-ray was ridiculously expensive at the time yeah you know and that's why those consoles those those consoles lasted for so long because they were taking major hits on the hardware and they still they were still trying to recoup that's why it was such a big deal for both microsoft and sony to make sure they were profitable upon launch or else they would drown themselves you know, and it's been working out great for Sony. Microsoft, uh, they're in a di- it's a different boat because now they're definitely selling it for under for under the cost of you know, uh, you know, at a loss. I should say, I should say, yeah. they're they're gaining ground. They are, yeah. But I mean, I think I I think this console cycle in general is gonna not be as long. Now, I I think Nintendo's obviously working on getting something out. Uh, which will be sooner than Microsoft and Sony. I don't think Microsoft and Sony are working on anything new yet. I think they're working on the next version of the PS4 and the next version of the Xbox Ones, the cheaper versions that that they, they can push out. I think that's what's happening next. I'm I'm sure they've got at least one person, probably a small team, like early in the pipeline for the next system. I would 
I, I, I wouldn't think, you know, given the, the, you know, these things take time to develop. And if you're looking at four to five years, they've got to have, you know, somebody like, okay, what, what are we doing? Even if it's still just a small team in its infancy, it's, it's, it's in there somewhere. Right. Now, I think uh, for Sony and Microsoft consoles, 2018, 2019. That sounds fair. Sounds yeah, fair. I think so. So we'll see. But yeah, Nintendo with the, yeah, I think next right, they just kind of announced, like, hey, you know, we're doing mobile, but we're also, but we're not abandoning consoles. So uh, what's next? Uh, there's, a, a, there's a cable alternative on Xbox One uh, called Sling.tv. Apparently, it's like you, you can do like a contract, no, uh, no contract subscription. And you can uh, get stuff like AMC, TNT, TBS, uh, sports programming from NFL, NBA, ESPN, ESPN2. This actually might be a reason for me to actually turn on my Xbox and check it out. Because everybody's looking, nobody wants cable. Everybody's looking for a way to get rid of cable. And if and if there's uh, subscription services coming down that can do that, that would work out pretty good. What was it? I heard that... Uh, I guess what HBO now, well that that, uh, that went live for the uh, what Apple TV I think it was. Yeah. Um, and I heard stories uh, that uh, Comcast was uh, blocking and impeding that, which technically they shouldn't be doing. But I heard stories that they were. So nothing nothing official. I haven't heard but, anything about that. But no, so I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. It, yeah, this is one of those things where the cable companies, even, even though net neutrality is a you know a thing now, um, this is one of those things where the cable companies are not necessarily going to go down fighting. Uh, right. Or they're not going to. They're not not going to go down fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, but I mean, so if somebody now with the rules of, with net neutrality, even though <laughs> the conservatives are trying to stop it, uh, so you can easily prove that okay they're blocking the traffic or they're throttling the traffic and now there should be more of a heavy hand uh but that's that's something interesting that i thought those who have xbox ones might want to know about because it's not that much good news coming out of microsoft so that i would call this good news uh also in regards to the xbox um gotta make sure your uh your credit card information secured you gotta make sure that you know you don't have your kids on your xbox buying stuff because Microsoft probably won't give you your money back. Uh, so there was a guy, his he, his kid wrecked up a $4,500 Xbox bill, and he was denied a refund. Uh, basically, this guy, he bought FIFA for his kid, and his kid went around, not went around, but his kid started buying the $100 uh, player packs. He actually bought, what was a 45 player pack purchases. For a hundred dollars each, and actually the kid told a lie. He told a lie to his dad. He said, "Oh, because I guess his dad only saw the, a, a few charges because yeah. he wasn't like really scanning his uh, his bank account." So the dad, you know, he sees a few charges. Asks the son about it. The son's like, "Oh, well, um, it was a mistake because you know it wasn't going through, and I'm sorry, you know, I, I didn't mean for that to happen." And so a uh, guy calls Microsoft. Microsoft's like, "Okay, well, we'll take a look at that. What about these other charges?" And he's like, what? And then they tell him, like, yeah, it's like $4,500. And they uh, they won't refund him because they said that child, uh, you know, they, they do have parental locks in place and he didn't enable them. So now he's upset that Microsoft doesn't have any features in place that asked for the credit card details to be entered again after so much money was spent. 
but I'm pretty sure Microsoft really didn't intend for somebody to be buying $4,500 in player packs. This is one of those situations where he should not be blaming Microsoft. He should be blaming his kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing like, and I mean, we've talked about this before on other platforms. I think with the fish game with the people, with kids buying all the, the, the fish on the iPad and stuff. And it's just being a parent is terrible. <laughs> it's, 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 there's, there's, there's so much stuff you have to worry about. And back in the day, maybe you had to worry about your kids stealing money out of your wallet. So you just need to make sure your wallet was on lockdown. But now it's like, you got to make sure your credit card is your, none of the systems that you use, remember your credit card information at all. Um, and maybe this is one of those things that has like, you know, like Apple pay and, and sort of like cell phone related payment plans become a little more ubiquitous. Maybe, uh, you know, it, maybe when you, you know, as devices get more connected, maybe this is just like a temporal thing. Like the concept of credit cards are, uh, you know, will, will be eradicated eventually. But for now, yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch that stuff. You can't, can't you can't trust any, anybody. You can't trust your kids. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of side with Microsoft on this one. Like, yeah, we put the parental, uh, you know, we put the parental controls there for a reason. You, you know, I wonder them. if there's money in a in a company that sells like kid purchase insurance. Like, you just pay like I don't know, like fifteen dollars a month or something, and then whenever your kid racks up like a forty five hundred dollar bill, we cover it. Yeah, it wouldn't be fifteen dollars a month. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, well, this, I don't know. See, that's the thing. Like, I don't know how often this kind of thing happens, but no, there's. I feel like there's definitely a market for this, because basically all you're doing is you're just basically it's the equivalent of just putting fifteen dollars away so that like at the end, you know, like you wind up being able to pay for this. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I may be onto something here. I gotta, I gotta work out the math. Yeah. Well, yeah, you might be. And then that's when Nick quits uh, the MASHcast. <laughs> that's my new great idea, video game purchase insurance. <laughs> so your kids don't drive you bankrupt. Yeah. All right, so uh, Mortal Kombat fans will be pleased that – well, two things for Mortal Kombat fans. First of all, uh, and this is a pretty big deal, PlayStation 3 arcade sticks should work with uh, with Mortal Kombat X on PlayStation 4. Uh, so that's awesome. And also, Predator is coming to Mortal Kombat X, along with, like, Jason Voorhees, I believe. Uh, so, how awesome is that? It's pretty cool. It's actually, it's not, it's not a, I remember when Soul Calibur used to be the game that included, you know, other characters from, you know, Outworld. Now it's cool, man. Like, like when I, I had a Soul Calibur 2 on the Xbox, so I had Spawn. I thought it was fucking awesome. Mm. Uh, you know, and then the Nintendo had Link. Uh, PlayStation had Hayachi, I think. Yes. Uh, which I didn't think that was that great. But, like, the Spawn and, like, the Link, man, that was so cool uh, to play with them in Soul Calibur and now Mortal Kombat. Like, I can't, I, I want to play the story mode and see what happens, especially for Voorhees, you know? And the Predator's got to have some type of invisible mood, or, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm very curious to see how that works. They look good, too, from at least from what I've seen, so. I mean, well, Mortal Kombat period is a good-looking game. Yes, you know. Actually, so was Injustice, except the cutscenes. The cutscenes for Injustice look like ass, but the uh, the actual game, the actual game itself, as well, looks pretty good. So, um, <laughs> if you check out, uh, oh, going moving on. If you check out uh, the Matchless Buttons Facebook page, you will see a video from Ubisoft for their new driver, Speedboat Paradise. It's a mobile game, 
uh, coming out well, for, I guess, well, all mobile devices, iPads, iPhones, Android devices. It is a complete desecration of Midway. Like, they're, like it, it, I mean, it, it, it pretty much is Hydro Thunder. Like, that's what it is. Like, if I, whoever owns the rights to Midway, because somebody's got to own the rights to Midway in, in their properties, they should be talking to a lawyer right now. Because that shit, it, 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 oh my, it is fucking Hydro Thunder. I don't even know why they put the driver um, branding on this. To be, per- to be perfectly honest with you. Because there are no cars. It's in speedboats and you're racing. You know? You're not getting away or, or doing stunts or anything like that. I, I don't know. I don't know, Ubisoft. I, I don't know what to tell you. Except... <laughs> To prepare for legal action, maybe. Well, I don't. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to find that now. I know Warner Brothers got most of the assets, but as far as specifically Hydro Thunder, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where that went. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's it's funny. Uh, lastly, uh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> that trailer. I, I guess we're not really going to talk about that trailer. Uh, for Adam Sandler's video game movie, what was it called? Pixels. Pixels, yeah. A lot of people complaining about it. Lots of people complaining about it, saying, "Oh, it looks terrible. It doesn't look good. It looks like an Adam Sandler movie to me." It looked. I mean, the graphics were impressive. The concept, I don't. I don't know. I think one. I think what it is is that Futurama basically did the same plot, you know, a decade ago, more than that. And they did it very well. So it's kind of like, why does Adam Sandler need to kind of shit on a Futurama story that was done very well? Um, and even then, it looks like it was based off some kind of like machinima that somebody did. Yeah, that uh, was actually pretty awesome. And that, yeah, so it's it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we get the concept. And the concept has been ex- executed in what, like, you know, maybe like five or ten minute increments very well. Is it really going to translate well blown up to a full, you know, like, 90 minute movie but then also i think adam sandler is not our target demographic at this point or we're not his target demographic i should say yeah this is um, not a movie for gamers and that that's why we picked games like atari games you know like you know don't everybody knows who donkey kong is everybody knows who pac-man is they didn't pick like link uh you know or mario even though everybody knows who mario is yeah um but you know they didn't they didn't pick any here they didn't pick solid snake you know stuff like that uh so it's like yeah it's 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 not really for gamers you really yeah. shouldn't go into that i'm not going to see it in the movies you know but if it came on tbs i'd check it out oh but i think i don't know it's one of those things that like did you see wreck it ralph yes i did yeah that was done very well and like yeah, that handled like the concept of video game nostalgia and bringing a lot of those characters in to that universe, that was done very well. And I think just from, you know, the general perception of Adam Sandler movies, we don't expect that same kind of, uh, I guess, reverence to be handled towards the, the, the video game franchises. But I don't know. I, th- I think he's, he's of the right age though, that he should appreciate that stuff. It's probably why he's working with that. It's probably why he's working with like all the old Atari games and he's not working with like, solid snake or anything more recent because that's all you know this is all the stuff he played when he was a kid so yeah well i don't know how to say, I, I look like i haven't i mean i don't know like i don't i haven't really seen a bad adam sandler movie you know they haven't been the greatest in the oscar winners yeah well but i haven't seen a bad one like appar- I said, appar- apparently the cobbler was pretty bad but 
I didn't, I haven't I haven't seen it. I didn't hear it. anything good about it, though. I didn't even hear about that, so. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, let's move on to our actual topics. Uh, so first up is there's something going on with Konami and Kojima. I mean, like, it's it's been, like, there's been rumors swirling around for a week now, and things have been made more clear, or at least it, it, it feels like it have. But, you know, toward the beginning of the week, Konami was actively removing Kojima and his branding from all of the Metal Gear assets. Like the the Metal Gear the Metal Gear site used to go to Kojima Productions. Now it has its own website. They moved like the words uh, uh, you know Kojima Production from, you know, all of the branding and things like that. And also there was a um you know, I guess their executive list, Kojima is now off of it. He is now off of Konami uh, uh, Konami's executive list. So it looks like Kojima is actually going to be leaving Konami. Uh, they did release a joint statement saying that Kojima is very much involved in Metal Gear Solid Five. Like he is very much involved in that process. Uh, so I think he's you know he's still working on that game, at least for now. And uh, maybe when it's finished, like it just needs like some bugs worked out and things like that. He might he might taper off. But it looks like Kojima is uh is gonna be leaving Konami, which means he will like be officially leaving Metal Gear because Konami is not letting that property go. Well, I think he said somewhere recently that he considered this to be like the last Metal Gear game. And I know I think he said that before for other Metal Gear games, but um but I, I get the feeling like this isn't a surprise to him. I mean, and obviously it's like if it was really – like if working with him was that big of a pain that they needed to fire him from the project, they wouldn't be keeping him around. Like clearly I think they've, they've all reached some kind of mutual agreement that, yeah, this is the end. Like, okay, let's get this one out. We're, we're close enough to getting it done. I mean they put out the uh, – what was it? The, the, the pre-DLC in Ground Zeroes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they put that out last year, so um, – yeah, it's. I, I think it's. Uh, I, th- I think they've hit the end of that relationship here. So, what's interesting though is I know that everybody got all excited over uh, PT being the trailer for Silent Hills, and he was supposed to be associated with that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see because that's you know that got a lot of attention last year. It's got Norman Reedus attached to that, uh, so it'll be interesting to see if if uh, Kojima still has his hands on that or if that gets. I, like I can't imagine that that would get canceled. Um, I mean that's possible, but uh, I I would have to see. Uh, I would have to think I doubt that that's going to cancel. Like Konami yeah. Konami doesn't have much in terms of franchises, you know. So if that if the Silent Hill franchise, if, I mean if PT not PT, but you know, Silent Hill is going to be published under Konami still, then they're definitely going for it. I don't think they have a choice. They need to just like they can't they can't they can't get rid of Metal Gear. You know, they yeah. can't, they can't let, you know, Kojima take that with them, even though I'll be perfectly honest with you, Metal Gear without Kojima is not Metal Gear. Well, yeah, but we kind of, I don't know, I mean, you know, like Zelda survived the transition from Miyamoto to uh, Anuma. That's Nintendo. That That's a totally different beast. Because you know when that was held, when that was moved over, there was a lot of, you know, uh, very careful handling while that uh, was happening assassin's creed survived uh desolates moving on nick you need to shut the fuck up right now <laughs> like that no like no assassin's creed after desolates left 
Assassin's Creed has been going downhill. The only reason Black Flag was a good Assassin's Creed game is because it took the best part of Assassin's Creed 3 and expanded on it. That's what made uh, you know, Black Flag tolerable. Dude, I'm debating whether or not I'm actually going to trade in Assassin's Creed Unity before I finish it. I kind of want to finish it just to see what the fuck is happening with the story, but I don't want to play it. <laughs> I was like, I, I I popped it in one night and then I I played it for like I don't know, thirty minutes and after like I was thirty minutes into it I'm just like, ugh, I really don't want to play this anymore. And I played it for another thirty minutes and I turned it off and I haven't put it back in. Like it was supposed to be the game I was going to play on my Destiny break. I was going to finish it. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done with the game. I probably have like three hours left, maybe two, if I go just go through just the um the story stuff but that's the thing like you know assassin's creed didn't make a great transition i don't think a metal gear because of how closely kojima has been involved with that project every time you know every single time like i just don't think it can do it you know konami's not pushing out great product on their own as it is and that's why, like, the Kojima, even that's a huge blow. Besides Metal Gear, when's the last good game they pushed out? I'm waiting for an answer. You got one? Contra? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the thing. Konami, I, I can't think of a single thing that they that they pushed out that I, I would actually want to play. They're better known for their code than they are for their games at this point. Yes, they are. That's 100% true. They're they're best known for the Konami code, you know, and that's the thing. Like Konami, I don't even know how they've survived this long. The other I'm thinking about is like, what have they pushed out besides Metal Gear? Metal Gear is a huge Konami game that makes a lot of money, and I think that's why they want more Metal Gear. Because Metal, I am sorry, but they should. This Metal Gear shouldn't exist. It shouldn't. The Metal Gear saga was wrapped up. It was wrapped up. It was done. And they did an excellent job wrapping it up. Excellent job wrapping it up. Yet, here we are. New Metal Gear, Keith or Sutherland. Maybe, maybe this is why they're pushing out Kojima. Because they're like, dude, like you ended this. Stop. We're doing this for your own sake. Uh, they, like, they, got, they have a new Metal Gear coming out. Oh, well, not sorry. Not coming out next year. But they, they, they're hiring people to start working on a new Metal Gear. That makes sense. Yeah, but, but, you know, but, but but that might be the kind of thing though, like like we've seen Kojima's Metal Gear, we've seen that that done, you know, we'll see this'll presumably be some kind of coda, but even then the fact that they like you pointed out, they got Sutherland instead of Hater, like maybe it's time to move on. Like stay with you know, stay within the Metal Gear universe if you want. But, you know, give us another protagonist other than Snake or Raiden, you know, you know, find other villains for us to, you know, deal with and have to figure out how to counter and whatnot i mean there's there's still there still could be you know content to explore there there still could be stories to tell but yeah maybe you know maybe it's you know kojima's time with it you know he's you know we've seen his take and his, his ideas and you know he can still you know it might be good too he can now take those ideas and whatever crazy concepts he's got and build a new ip and a new world to go into and if he wants to get Kiefer sutherland to do a voice he doesn't have to kick anybody out he can start from scratch there is no metal gear without kojima i just said that <laughs> <laughs> there is no Metal Gear without Kojima, dude. Like that's the thing. Like he, 
his sto- the story he's crafted, the world he made. I mean, uh, it, that's all Kojima right there. I mean, obviously he's had other people on his team that that he's worked with. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they could do it without him. Like they've tried to do it without him. And look, you have you know what Metal Gear Revengeance, which is terrible by the way, and I know it because I've played it. It's bad. It it sucks. So just because that team couldn't do it doesn't mean there's nobody else that could. There's some, you know, there's just some things like, I think like, you know, games like Mario and Zelda, like you mentioned, transitioning to other creative directors is like a, that's, that says a lot about Nintendo that they were able to do that successfully, you know, and how their corporate culture is. And I don't think Konami has that corporate culture to be able to survive this transition. Also, I think part of it, too, is that it's not like Miyamoto was forced out of any of those. I think he kind of knew he wanted to move on and, and do other stuff. And, you know, at that point, it's like, hey, let's let, let's take some of this stuff off your plate. Like, yeah, it's a peaceful transition here. Uh, but I can't – the way this seems to be happening, is, as much as everybody may have agreed, like, okay, like, we're moving on. Like, the fact that, like, Kojima will be completely disassociated it from it, like, I mean, if Nintendo really wanted, they could always go back to Miyamoto and be like, hey, can you help us with part of this? Yes. And I mean, technically, as Konami could do the same thing here, since they're treating Kojima like a contractor, like, they could be like, okay, you know, we'll contract you to come in and help, but yeah, it's 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 not like, it's not like he's staying with the company, it's not like this is just like, you know, some minor thing, it's not like he's like, oh, well, I gotta work on PT, so I can't, I can't do Metal Gear, like, this is, this seems a bit forceful, like, okay, like, we're tired of dealing with you, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, they should have. I think that before they start removing all this stuff, they should have made a statement. But hey, after you know Metal Gear is finished, Kojima will be leaving. But they, you know, then making making announcements like that might affect their stock price, and you know, maybe that's why they didn't want to necessarily do it that way. Yeah, I mean that is a possibility. Like I like I heard when John Stewart. Uh, said he was leaving the Daily Show that Viacom took a hit in stock. So, you know, they they might not want to shake things up too How much. How dare he hurt his employer by announcing that he's leaving at some point? <laughs> yeah, how dare he, right? Raising attitude. Yeah. So, but, uh, yep, that's what's going on with Konami and Kojima for now. Uh, and well, I guess we'll keep up on it because we're definitely going to hear more about it, especially as Metal Gear inches closer. And uh, then, I mean, Kojima's, he's a high profile, so there's no doubt in my mind that we will learn what, you know, what he's up to. Uh, Now, another high profile, uh, I guess, well, not necessarily a game developer, but person in the games industry, Gabe Newell, obviously. uh, Last week they announced, not last week, sorry, but at GDC they had announced or, you know, showed that they had the Source 2 engine. And, you know, to a lot of us fans, including myself, I'm like, oh, that's great. That means Half-Life 3 is finally coming. Uh, But according to this interview, maybe not. Maybe not, because, you know, Gabe, you know, he was was talking on a podcast. He's like, yeah, I understand that people want games, but, you know, we need, you know, at Valve, we don't want to push out a game just to push out a game. It has to be something new. And, uh, you know, it has to be not not necessarily different, but I guess push boundaries. Is what they're looking for, you know. And he said uh, they, w- you know, they wouldn't necessarily go back and do a super classic kind of product unless a whole bunch of people at Valve internally said they wanted to do it, and there was a reasonable explanation for why. So they, it's like they don't want to go back 
to, you know, I guess making the same style of game now, it feels like. I don't know, like, the whole, the whole, the whole, uh, you know, it wasn't an announcement, you know, but what he said, it kind of feels like, I don't know, at least from my perspective, it kind of feels like he is, he's saying don't hold your breath, you know? Yes. About about Half-Life 3. And it seems like it almost feels like it almost sounds like he's saying that, you know, doing a Half-Life 3 would actually hold them back, which I mean, I, I think that's complete bullshit. Because, <laughs> like simply for the fact that, you know, because you had Half-Life 1, right? Then you had Half-Life 2 and Half-Life 2 didn't hold Valve back. Half-Life 2 brought a whole bunch of new shit into gaming, you know, period, you know, like uh, physics based puzzles. Uh, you know, I guess physics on everything versus just a, f- a few things. That's what the, that gravity gun was awesome. Yes. You know, you had a brand new engine, which looked great to this day. The source engine looks amazing. So, you know, the first time we really saw a source engine, I'll say early 2004, once uh, when Counter-Strike Source came out, you know, and then we got a chance to see it even better once, uh, you know, Half-Life 2 came out and how 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 good everybody looked, how their facial expressions looked. I mean, it's still got one of the best. You know, back when a couple years back, or more than like a few years back. Wow, I would say probably two thousand nine, tw- you know, twenty ten. Uh, Bobby Kotick was talking about how to make games more movie like, and that you know, games need to work on their facial expressions so that people can feel the characters. And a lot of people you know, in there were like, "Well, have you not played Half Life 2? <laughs> you know, because like the the, the facial expressions of the source engine were awesome as long as you worked on them i mean even now like even if you even if you have gary's mods you can do that yes well i still like somebody recreated the uh the one scene from pulp fiction where they're where they're interrogating the guy in the apartment yeah and they did that in the source mod uh or in i think with gary's mod in the source engine and it's it's impressive oh yeah impressive it is so it's like doing a half-life three like you have a brand new engine coming out so, I mean, you can showcase everything that the engine can do, which I'm imagining is going to be some amazing stuff. Uh, it's a first-person shooter, so obviously, you know, there's... You you have to have, you know, uh, enemy AI, something to shoot, and guns. You know, but you can still put new stuff into a first-person shooter, new mechanics, and things like that. Like, what like, like what are you planning? I, guess like, I, I don't know, man. Like, it feels like Valve has jumped on this... This 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 path where oh, we're gonna make VR you know really happen and we're very interested in hardware now like like they have I don't know it, it was leaked that they're they're working on a, a Left 4 Dead 3 which may or may not be the case now I don't like we we don't know especially after an announcement like this like Valve has not officially said that they're working on a Left 4 Dead 3 so it's like. Uh, why can't you make what your fans want you to make? I'm surprised because, you know, he mentions, you know, that what a whole bunch of people internally at Valve, you know, if they wanted to do it, we'd do it. Um, And I'm surprised there isn't more people within Valve trying to do it, unless he's going around to everybody's desk and just being like, yeah, so we're not doing Half-Life 3 and just cutting everybody off. So by the time any new blood comes in, they're all excited and then he kills their enthusiasm. Yeah, and it's, but, that's total bullshit because, like, when ha- people were getting very ingrained 
in the Half-Life saga, and the whole point of having them go to an episodic format was so that we could, they, they could, you know, push games out faster. Obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah. But the way they left Half-Life 2 Episode 2, like, you're just gonna leave the universe there like that? At least finish the fucking story. Well, I think the thing is, though, that it's been so long now, it's it's been so long that he can use the term super classic, and we think that applies to Half-Life. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Like, the, like first of all, the, the gunplay in, in Half-Life is not, I wouldn't call it classic. You know? It's, it's, it's not classic, you know, that's, that's still how first-person shooters fucking work when they're single-player, you know? I mean, if he doesn't want to make a single-player shooter because he think, doesn't think it's going to sell that well, then just say so. But just say so. You, you could put Half-Life on, like, a loaf of bread and people would buy that if they thought it was Half-Life 3. Dude, if they made a Gordon Freeman toaster, I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> just have I'm little sure, Gordon Freeman sure on my toast. I'm sure that. There has to be a Gordon Freeman toaster somewhere. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I, I This left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, come on, dude. Just finish the fucking story. It's not like Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2 where you could have just left that game alone. Uh, You know, they get away with, with the military. Everybody's fine. Great. You know, this, this. I mean, I, th- I mean, okay, I'm sorry. And if you have not played Half-Life 2 and beat the end of Half-Life 2 Episode 2, I'm about to spoil it for you, okay? So I'm sorry, but the, the the Eli dies at the end of the the, the you know episode two. It was like, and you're just gonna leave it like that? You know, you had that ship. The um, oh man, what is the name of that aperture ship? There's name. There's a name of it, like an aperture aperture ship that you guys were looking for, or that's you know some of your allies were looking for. You know, and that ship actually shows up in Portal 2. So, you know, you have all these unanswered questions. Are you just going to leave it alone? Like, oh, well, like, that's a big fuck you to your fans. You know, that's a huge fuck you to their fans. Maybe Valve, I don't know, Valve may not want to be in game development anymore. I, I don't know. Because for a company that manages Steam, that has, obviously, they, they have, like, well, Steam hit like 90 million concurrent users. I'm sorry, not 9 million. They hit like some. Uh, they hit some uh, uh, milestone this week or last week, I should say, uh, regarding Steam. Like an unbelievable, like uh, a good amount of concurrent Eight, users. 8.5 million. Is that the last concurrent one? Concurrent users. Yeah, concurrent users. Yeah. Maybe. And then you know they also. I mean, Steam by far has the largest. You know, PC based. They almost oh, controlled the oh, PC. Oh, you're market. right. Nine million. Nine, nine million, million within yeah. the last week. You are correct. Yeah, it was like they they almost controlled the entire PC market if they if they really wanted to. You know, and you tell me you have all that, but you can't push out another Half Life. What I guess what what I'm surprised is, like, there is demand for this. Like, there's a reason why like Half Life Three confirmed is like a joke. Yeah. Like. I, like and, and far, far be it from me to be like you know to tell tell a millionaire like how to leave money on the table or whatnot, but like yeah it's like okay I get it like if you don't want to personally develop it if you don't I think anybody on your team can develop it but there are people out there who would develop this like 
you know, like have some meetings and, and pawn it off. Like it doesn't even have to be you, but the fact that it's still your IP, you can get the money. Like, and I'm, I, I, I don't mean that to be greedy, but it's like, I'm not saying that he should be doing it from his own greedy perspective, but he has, there's reasons to want to do a Half-Life 3. You know, there, there's ways to get it done, even if he doesn't want to do it, if he doesn't really want to be that involved with it. And it just seems like it, 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 it's, it seems unfair the way, the way you're saying that the story is currently left hanging. Because even then, like, there was supposed to be what? Because that was, you said that was Half Life 2, Episode 2. Yeah. There's, there was supposed to be Half Life 2, Episode 3. And then I think, what was it? At some point, they were finally just like, well, we're just going to make that Half Life 3. And well, then they, they never like, said anything about it. That's the thing. They never said anything about it. So. They need, yeah, like it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I think the only way he can really end this is if he just comes out and says like, this is how the story was going to end. We're not doing it. And then just, that's it. Kill it. But like to just leave everybody kind of, it's, it's like you're leaving everybody in some kind of like suspended animation, like just waiting to be, you know, like, like, you know, just waiting for the the activation to to start playing Half-Life again. And it's, I don't know. it, it, It seems like. Like I understand how, from the development side, like you may have lost interest in that. I get that, but it's it is a little disrespectful to the fans, to all the people that got way into your story, way into the work that you did. That you kind of set up the situation, like and you know, and this is all going to pay off. This is all going somewhere, and then it's not. And yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, they have a lot of you know, like a, a, a lot of uh, you know, uh, uh, they got a lot of things that they're working on, and. I can't see why the is like I can't see how they can't figure out like okay like we've, if we've got some new kind of tech that we want to play with if we've got some new ideas we want to play with how they can't work that in the into whatever Half Life three you know whatever shape that winds up taking right it's it's like for for them to be like oh like you know the first person the first person shooter that kind of story that's old and that's done and we you know we we, we can't explore that concept anymore um, and even then like. It's weird. It's like the only person that doesn't want to see Half Life Three is Gabe. Yeah, like, like I don't, like I don't understand it. it. I just don't mm-hmm. understand it. Yeah, like I, why? Like why not? Like I don't get it, dude. I just don't get it. Like why would you not? Because it's a certified money maker. I mean, like it's guaranteed to make money. I wonder if he made like a VR demo of like what would Half Life Three be like if I made it, and then he played it and it sucked, and he's like, "Well, I'm glad I didn't make that." Dude, I don't know. I really don't. I, I, I don't like this interview. I don't like it. <laughs> not, not one bit. Like that is not what we wanted to hear, man. That is not what we wanted to hear. It could be a huge trolling, but definitely not. What we it's to hear. even if it's not intended to be trolling, it's trolling because everybody's everybody's been waiting for this, and for him to be like, yeah, you're. It's not coming. It's it's it. it at least that's what it feels like. I mean, he doesn't officially say it's not coming. Well, you can't officially say that something that you never officially said was coming isn't coming. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. He didn't officially say it's not coming, but it doesn't sound like he's saying, like, oh, yeah, it's coming. You know, or, or we're working on it. It's, but, it's giving some legit reason why it's not here. You know? I, but I, I, it's like, I mean, I'm just looking at his words, though. But, you know, if you wanted to do another Half-Life game and you wanted to ignore everything we learned in Shipping Portal 2... That seems like a bad choice. Like, who says you have to ignore what you learn? Like, what did you learn in Shipping Portal 2 that you don't like making single-player shooters? Right, like, yeah. And even then, like, you can give Half-Life a multiplayer component. Figure out a way to make that work. 
Yeah, I mean, like, Half-Life, no, like, Portal had an amazing single-player and an amazing co-op. Why can't you do the same thing? Yeah. You know, like, I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. But, you know, we, <laughs> we could be here all day talking <laughs> about that, just, like, confused as always. And, and we don't want to do that. We want to move on to our next topic that we're going to do now. Uh, so, recently, I guess, there's been a, a bit of a kick-up regarding female streamers. Uh, and, you know, is it okay for them to show skin? Is it not okay for them to show skin? Uh, there was a video, I guess, the, well, actually, no, this is something that the gaming community has been talking about for years, about female streamers using, uh, I guess, the horniness of young boys to boot bolster their numbers, okay? And it kind of came to a head when uh, there's a YouTuber, Sky Williams, I've watched a few of his videos, he made a... Uh, a video titled Dear Female Streamers, and basically he's talking about how the fe- not all female streamers, but the female streamers that are using sex to, to you know, I guess sell their brand, they're hurting females in general. You know? Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's basically the, the gist of the video, and he, I don't know if he name-checks, and actually, no, he doesn't really name-check anybody in the video because I watched it. I don't think he name-checked, but he definitely showed some pictures of women wearing, like, you know, like, bikinis, and well, you know, bikini tops and shit like that, and, uh, you know, taking pictures, you know, doing fan service, stuff like that, and, uh, you know, he, he was saying that, you know, doing this hurts, you know, real female streamers or other female streamers, and there was backlash about that because people were saying that he was slut-shaming and that females should be able to wear what they want to wear and do what they want to do and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> All these things we've already heard about over the years. And I don't know. I just, I just you know, in his mind, he was trying to help out, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it really didn't work out. Yeah, it worked out no. that way. There's a lot of females who are saying, you know, uh, that, you know, women he's trying to regulate women's bodies and you know this is uh you know misogynist thinking and this that and the other and i don't know i just it's it's one of those things where it's like is it even worth it to talk about you know because i mean i understand what you know he's not saying that all female streamers are using their sexuality or to to get viewers and he's not even saying all female streamers that that wear like let's say a tank top or something like that or a wife beater on air uh, are doing it to get more viewers. But it's being taken that way. And then people are completely ignoring the fact that this is a legit strategy that some female streamers use. That, I mean, they're, uh, like, I'm sorry, but there are female streamers that don't necessarily have that much interest in video games, but will still use it to make money. And I mean, like, that's that's good. That goes on in a lot of different you know, uh, uh, things in the nerd sector, like, you know, I, I guess the earliest thing that I can think of is like, uh, like people who cosplay kind of just as a profession don't really care about, you know, the, um, the actual thing they're cosplaying, you know, like, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of an example, like, you know, I I think the first time I saw like Tara Patrick cosplaying, I was like, "What's going on?" And I realized like there's a whole subset 
of like porn stars who transition from porn into cosplay. Wait, they go from porn to co- I guess it makes sense. Yeah, because like, they don't want they, they don't want to do same, porn anymore. Yeah, you get the same level of attention, and it's not porn. It's... Yeah, they don't want to do they they don't want to do porn anymore. So yeah. they transition to cosplay. Uh, and then some of them transition to other stuff, like, you know, maybe some workout shit or something like that. That makes sense. That makes sense, too. You know, and, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Like, it's it's morally wrong to, you know, try to dupe dupe gamers or comic book fans or fans of cosplay. That is just, like, a business thing, you know? That that is a profession, you know? When when was the last time you actually thought about what is the career path for a porn star? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, okay, I'm doing this now. What am I doing in 10 years? Like, no, that's... It's not uh, it's not a normal topic of discussion. Exactly. Yeah. This is one of those things that turned into another for us against us conversation. No middle ground. Yes. You know, and that's the thing that just it just makes it a pain in the ass because you know you have some guys who are on, on one side, not guys, but some people on one side saying yes, these female streamers need to stop trying to use their sexuality to. Uh, get viewers, and then anytime a female is on stream and they do something like um, uh, he mentioned like there was one female streamer who like I guess she pulled up her her uh, her shirt sleeve and like scratched her arm, and somebody called her a whore <laughs> or a slut or something like that. And then you have the other sides where it's like, well, no females, you know, we are, we're, 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 as long as we're in the rules, we're in control of our own bodies and we should be able to do what we want and blah, 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 blah. But then, you know, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, some, like, so, like, you know, some of these females are actually just using sexuality to, uh, you know, to get more viewers. And that, is actually not that great for women to be, you know, period. I, I don't know how else you can put it. Like, but by doing that, they are objectifying themselves, and then behavior that comes along with objectification comes along with it. You know? I, I'm, I don't even know how to begin to broach this subject. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, it, because I mean, it's one of those things like the, the the discussion of like how women control their sexuality, you know, what it means to take control of your sexuality. First, I don't understand that. I say that disclaimer, disclaimer. I'm a white male, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't understand what that me, what exactly that means for a woman to take control of her sexuality. So I, I really, I can't. I have nothing of actual. You know, like I can't participate in this conversation, and I'm not saying like the conversation with you. I'm saying the greater conversation about how you know women should or shouldn't be presenting themselves, not just on streaming, but to the world. I mean, this this goes back to you know as far as like what's appropriate for women to wear to the workplace, um, and I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things like you know what's appropriate for a woman to wear out on the street. You know, it's one of those things where. Just within within the ranks of women themselves, there's so much disagreement and argument. Um, it's you know it, it, it's impossible. It, I mean, I mean that's really the mistake that Williams made here um, is that he's a dude and he tried to jump into this. <laughs> that if at least if he was a woman, then he would kind of you know have some you know have a stake in the game. Um, I almost wanted to say some skin in the game, but that would have been too much of a pun. But uh, I'm glad you were to control yourself, Nick. Exactly. 
no, but it's 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 one of those it's it's this, this is really one of those things where you it's you may be coming from a place where you think you're trying to help and ostensibly ostensibly he is by trying to say like look like you know it does it doesn't help to do that but there's so much more to this argument than than and I, it's 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 one of those things where um i know I'm I'm gonna recommend the uh, the stuff your mom never told you podcast. If you, <laughs> if you really want to get into this, I think they've talked about uh, women. They talk about women's sexuality plenty. Um, if you really want to get into that, and it's two women doing that, it's the stuff you should know podcast network. They're they're great for stuff. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll recommend that as far as trying to understand this more. The one thing that I know is the more that I listen to it, the the more I listen to that podcast is the less that I, the less I, the more I know that I don't know anything. <laughs> um, and so I really, I don't want to take any kind of position or anything here. And, and that, may, you know, and I know that not taking a position is a position in and of itself, but um, yeah, it's, it's ultimately wear what you want to wear when you're going to stream, watch the streams that you want to watch when you stream. If you like watching somebody for what they're wearing or whatever they're not wearing, whatever, go ahead and watch that. If you don't like what somebody's wearing when they're streaming, don't watch it. Ultimately, that's that. You know, you vote. You know, as a, as a viewer, you vote with your eyeballs. And so, yeah, if if you don't like how somebody's streaming, don't watch it. There's plenty of streamers out there. Find somebody else. And you know, and conversely, if you want to stream, stream how you watch, and you'll you'll find the audience that you 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 earn. So, you know, it's it's you know that that's that's the extent of my, <laughs> that's the extent of my input. Do what you want. I don't watch streams, so I'm. I'm <laughs> I have no, I have no real stake in this. Yeah, well, you're right. Like the end game is, if you don't like what they're doing, don't watch it. You know, you complaining about it is not going to change anything. You're just getting your setup self upset, you know, about something that you have no control over. Well, it's it's not even that you're you're complaining about it doesn't change anything. It's that this, and it, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like this has been like you know, kind of like boiling for a while. Like, like this extends. Like the whole the concept of female sexuality extends beyond Twitch. It's not like women are only <laughs> sexual on Twitch. And so this is, I mean, I mean this this goes, you know, this is this is feminism and the new wave feminism and all that stuff that they talk about on that podcast. Like it's this this is this is this is bigger than just this is bigger than just Twitch. It's bigger than any one person. Um, and and to a, to a degree. To a degree, yeah. Like one, you know, it's one of those things where it's like one, you know, one person can make a change, but it's not going to be a big change kind of thing. Like, you know, like it's. I guess it's great that he stirred up some of the arguments here, but the problem is that it's it's easy for both sides to get to. You know, to, it, this isn't the, this isn't one of those topics where you have a rational discussion. Where it it it, it very ra- rapidly, especially because Twitter's involved. Once you get on Twitter and you can only talk in 140 characters, no, nothing gets resolved. It just degenerates into, you know, whatever whatever you said, and then somebody attacks you because you did not cover all nuance in your 140 characters because you can't. And yeah, it's it it just degenerates from there, and it's really, it's this is not. Like, you know, this is the kind of thing, like, maybe if you have a full forum at, like, a PAX or something where you can talk about, like, the sexuality of streamers and how it should be addressed. And you can actually have, like, a debate there um, with women. Because even then, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can't talk about this because we don't have women represented here. So we're in no shape to, 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 to interject. Oh, I can talk about it. I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just thought it was just an interesting topic because it's been something that's been boiling for a long time. Like we said, the thing is that always gets me about these conversations that, you know, nobody wants to talk about the whole picture. You know, nobody wants to talk about, you know, you take one side and you defend that side adamantly. And that's it. And that's part of the problem. Like, you know, you have, like I said, you have the guys on one side that are saying, like, no, this is bad for streaming, this is bad for gaming, and there are no positives to it at all, and it should be stopped. And you have the other side, like, you know, women can do what they want, with, and, and all that stuff without addressing the fact that it does, it's, it's a perception issue, and it does damage perception of women on Twitch, and it does hurt other, like, you know, other female streamers. It does. Uh, whether, they, whether it's supposed to be that way or not, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't. In a perfect world, it shouldn't. It's not going to be that way. But in reality, it does. And then, then, then once you get to that point where you can admit the faults of the side that you're on, then you can actually have a conversation about how, you know, to make it better. But, but I mean, that's that that that's the argument which goes to like the greater the greater argument that like the porn industry damages all women. And. It's and at that point, it's again, it's like, yeah, at, 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 you know, at that point, then like we've left the realm of trick, Twitch because like we're talking about like women as a whole. It's, it, it it's, it's, a, it's a much bigger argument than than just than just streaming. Oh, well, obviously, but this is the mash cast, so <laughs> you know, I know, I know. <laughs> we're just gonna talk about the video game portion of it. That's all the mash cast really cares about. On the big black podcast, will be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> How, how do I get on that one? <laughs> I'm still working on it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, like, it's it's anytime these arguments come into to play, it's like I don't even want to. There's so many reasons not to get involved in this because you know it's not going to solve. There's going to be no resolution when so many people are involved, and that's why the internet is. While it's one of the greatest things to happen to humanity, it's also one of the worst things. Everybody has a microphone. It's like Wu Tang. And this argument has been going on about, like, you know, in greater society, as far as like, you know, what what's appropriate for women to wear. Um, I mean, you know, you know, in in in, in assorted venues and whatnot. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things that like this this still this still comes up from time to time. And so this is you know I don't know it's this is just sort of the newest front for that argument. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure that fire is going to be raging for a long time, so have fun with that. <laughs> but uh, next up on our our uh, for our topics is uh, there's a lot of this changes coming to StarCraft Tune very soon, um, and I think that actually for now it's it's just for the Legacy of the Void beta, but some major changes like uh, right now you start with six workers. Okay, that was actually increased from four workers from StarCraft, the original StarCraft. But they're jumping from six workers to 12 workers you're going to start with. So you will be able to to get cash much faster uh, at this point. Uh, they're also increasing uh, some of the mineral patches to give you more minerals so you can probably actually live off of your your home base for longer. Okay, and they're saying they want to do this because they want you to... Uh, expand more aggressively and faster. And, I mean, from a gameplay perspective, that sounds cool. Okay, no problem. But the reason I want to talk about it as a topic is because the sole reason they're doing this is that they're doing it for streaming. 
in my opinion. In my opinion, they're doing it solely for streaming because they want games to pick up faster and start faster and more action to happen. And I don't know if I like that trend. Like, ju- changing a game just so that it's it's a better spectator sport. You know? Because there's a lot of people who like playing StarCraft the way it is. You know, they like playing StarCraft, you know, and having that extra time to, you know, scout and get a strategy together, and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I mean, I mean, the, the gameplay changes aren't bad. They're, they're not bad. I mean, like, like I said, the games will start faster. And uh, in one v one scenario, it does help with, um, I guess, repelling rushes. And oh yeah, I, I wouldn't say repelling rushes, but you know, if you do rush, uh, you better have a really good plan now. You know, because the other the other guy is, you know, if they're any good, you know, they'll they'll have a counter by the time you get there. But I don't know. It just I just don't like the idea of letting streaming and esports dictate, you know, a game. I feel like this is like Blizzard's made a major pivot over the last few years. And I, I don't know. I, I think I'm a little biased in saying like, you know, in Hearthstone's the whole reason, but it's not. But I think more so it's sort of watching the success of Dota. I mean, for the longest time, StarCraft 2 was like the major esport game. And then they've had League of Legends and Dota kind of steal that from them. And it's like now that they want to get back to the top. And so they're kind of looking at it and they're trying to figure out like, well, what, what, like, what do they have that they can use to, you know, to, to get, you know, to get them, you know, um, you know, this sort of the number one esport. And so, like, you know, they're pushing, you know, like streaming for for Hearthstone. Um, you know, they they're they're building Heroes of the Storm. I uh, when Heroes of the Storm, that's their, you know, that that's their MOBA counter, even if they don't actually call it a MOBA. But you know, sort of that that's that's you know, they're they're building that with the intention of that, you know, being you know you know viable as an esport. Overwatch. I was reading about how. Uh, that they they brought a bunch of top esport competitors in to have them play it to see how it feels, so that they can make sure that that feels appropriate for it to be, you know, you know, viable as an esport. Um, and even I, I, and they've even talked about with WoW how the PvP there doesn't really lend itself to being an esport, but they're still trying to to tweak that so they can get that going too. Um, so it seems that for 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 their franchises. I guess with the exception of Diablo, <laughs> but they're 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 still working on on even just getting PvP into that. Um, it seems that as a company, they they see the value in in esports and wanting their games to be you know to, to to function well as esports. And so for them to be looking like, okay, well you know StarCraft Two used to be sort of you know like you know it used to be the game for esports, and now it's not. How do we take this game and fit it and Part of that is like an RTS is not a MOBA, and there's going to be inherent differences in a MOBA uh, and an RTS. And then, then it seems here they're trying to, you know, sort of see how they can kind of bend what's, you know, the general rules for what an RTS is. And I mean, they're not, you know, they're at what? They're doubling the number of starting units. They're, you know, tweaking some of the, the, the resources available. I mean, so it's not like they're, they're, they're bending the game itself, but they're just playing with some of the, the rules for it to see how it goes. I mean, this is all going into beta, and and if and the one thing, the one impression I got, which was actually surprising, um, listening to one of uh, the Diablo developers talk about uh, the development for Diablo three versus Reaper of Souls, is that I guess when they did Diablo three, they didn't do a very extensive beta, and that hurt them as far as the reception of the game at launch. Um, 
And it, it seems it, it, the lesson they took away was like, oh, no, betas are important. They did a much more extensive beta for Reaper of Souls. Um, and so I'm wondering if this is the kind of thing like that's applying now, across, not just to Diablo, but across all Blizzard franchises as far as like for Legacy of the Void, they're going to do a very detailed beta here to, in order to make sure that they get the unit balance right, the gameplay right. I think they'll see pretty quickly within the beta if these changes make the, you know, have the intended effect or if they wind up completely destroying the ability to play the game and they have to revert them. I think they'll see that pretty quickly. Uh, they're not, it's not going to destroy the game, but it's just like, you know, to create, to have, make sure that all of your games are spectator sports. I don't know, man. Like some, some games, they just don't lend themselves to that because some games move too fast like you know you know unreal tournament and quake for example even quake live now um those games while if you played quake or unreal tournament you could follow along with what was actually happening but if you didn't you probably wouldn't fully understand what's going on and why the game is so good in terms of uh, being spectator, you know, uh, spectating it, like that. And, and you know, w- I wouldn't want Epic to change Unreal Tournament so that it's more spectator friendly or more or, or more flashy, you know. Wasn't because, that what they were doing though? No, or they were just they were just making it more noob friendly. Yeah, in Unreal Tournament, they like Unreal Tournament three. They made it more noob friendly. They made it more console friendly. Um. But yeah, like I wouldn't want to do it because now you know that's like one v ones. If you don't know what you're looking for, they can be pretty boring to watch, you know, because it's not as much shooting as you think it should be, you know. In a game like Unreal Tournament, where everybody, you know, if you played outside, if you were like you know a, a casual Unreal Tournament player, or you know from the outside looking in, it looks like it should be fucking chaotic, you know, shoot people shooting rockets and flat cannons and all these things where if you play, you know, competitive with Unreal Tournament, it's not like that, dude. You know, it, it's not like that. It's very, it's very concise. Uh, you know, it's, you know, map control, making sure you get the weapons, you control the power-ups, and then using the powerful weapons, like let's say in the case of 2K4, uh, the lightning gun or the shock rifle, you know, stuff like that, or like in Quake, the rail gun. You know, things like that. Uh, in order for them to make that more spectator-friendly, like, it really... At least in the United States. Because I, I do believe Quake is is uh, pretty big and uh, over overseas still. But, you know, I wouldn't want to change those games just to be more flashy and make it so that people want to watch them. Because that changes the core of the game, you know, and... Starcraft, I don't necessarily think it's going to change the core too much, but I'm just worried that this is going to become a huge trend where all these games are going to try to be more esports friendly. And that's I, not what I want. I don't know if it's necessarily all these games, but I feel like Blizzard in particular is sensitive to this. Um, and it, it's one of those things where I keep seeing uh, people complaining about PvP and WoW and all the changes they keep making to that. And I guess uh, the one of the PvP uh, designers is, is, is he's made comments that WoW is not is is not uh, like esports friendly, and I and the perception is that a lot of these changes are made with that intent. Right. I don't PvP, so I can't speak to any of that. Um, but but there is a perception, at least, that they you know they're they're trying to figure out how to make even WoW uh, available for streaming, which 
Um, which I don't, uh, you know, it's, I mean, if, if that's sort of the company-wide prerogative, then it would make sense. Then it fits with what we're seeing here as far as trying to make that better for, you know, you know, make the games more exciting to watch, make the games more interesting right off the bat instead of having that ramp up time. Um, where, you know, where, where players are kind of doing the same thing. I mean, if, if, I mean, that's the thing, like the article points out, like if every game starts off with you immediately, you just go ahead and queue the same, you know, queue up your, you know, your group of characters before really getting into your build order. Um, then why not just give everybody those, those workers already? It's like, why not cut that time out? Um, because there's no, I mean, does anybody ever deviate from that? Does anybody just go with the original, what was it? Six? Six workers that they have. Does anybody just go with that and, and, and not start making more workers off the bat? Not in uh, actual professional games. That's not in professional games. Professional games, like the first few minutes, you know what's going to happen. Like you know, they're going to start. They're going to build up their units to a certain amount, and then they'll start their strategy. You know, but at the same time, they'll also be scouting and things like that. So, yeah. So I mean, so if. if I don't know. Would it make sense for them to have separate rule? I mean, I'm sure they already have separate rules for professional tournaments, but like to, to a change like this, like, Oh, for a professional tournament, you just start with more units and the re like, you know, to make these kind of changes, but only apply these to professional tournaments or professional games, I should say. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's pretty much the same game. Cause they, they, they do the point system. The point system is how, uh, how you uh, get rated. So, uh, it's pretty much the same game. I don't know. Like, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, they're changing things and I don't like it because I'm old. Like, you know, that's not necessarily the case. That's not that why I don't like it. I just, I just have a problem with, you know, changing these games for public consumption or, or to make it so that even people who don't necessarily play the games enjoy it. You know, like the, the enjoyment should be reserved for the people who are actually playing it, I think, personally. But hey, that's just me. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, it work out really, really great. I haven't seen it in practice. Now, I do want to see it in practice. I'm actually excited to check it out. Got to get into the beta. Yeah, like I'm excited to check it out. It was just the thing. It was like, it just I'd really, as I read more about these changes, it just felt more and more like they were trying to do it for esports. So, uh, so our, our next topic is regarding silent protagonists. This has to do with the uh, article on Kotaku that says we were wrong to make Borderlands 2 heroes so quiet, and I strongly disagree. Uh, so basically, you know, the, the gist of the article is that, you know, the guy who did the Borderlands 2 uh, writing, he, you know, he made the Borderlands 2, well, the Borderlands 2 uh, protagonist pretty quiet. I mean, they said some things when you did certain actions and things like that, but there's a stark difference between what happened in Borderlands 2 with the protagonist, and then Borderlands, the pre-sequel, okay? Uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, the protagonists talk a lot. They have uh, conversations with other NPCs, and the NPCs will even mention you by name if you're the party leader, okay? Um, so he said it was a mistake to make Borderlands 2 here so quiet, and I strongly disagree. One of the things I dislike about Borderlands, the pre-sequel, is the fact that the protagonist talks so much, in my opinion. Like the the I mean, these protagonists in Borderlands One and Two weren't completely silent, but they said just enough to kind of give you an idea of their personalities. 
if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, they would shoot somebody, you punch somebody, and they say something. Uh, you know, they talk a certain way, and you kind of got the gist. And that translated perfectly from the first Borderlands to the second one, because in the first Borderlands, you're, you have your protagonist, you have your four people, right? And they didn't talk a lot. They just said, you know, a few things. They had a couple lines that they would say, uh, you know, and it kind of, you kind of got a gist of their personality, but at the same time, it, it still left some room for the imagination, you know? Then in Borderlands 2, they had, you know, those four, those same four characters were four major NPCs in the game. So in Borderlands 2, uh, when that happened, those personalities transitioned perfectly. You know? So it's not like you, you, those characters didn't have any personality or anything like that. They did have a personality. It was just that, you know, while they did have a personality, you could still pour yourself kind of into it. You know, I don't, when I'm playing a first one shooter, I don't need my, uh, my character, especially in a first one shooter where you're, you never see your character. It's not, you know, I don't need the character to have a super defined personality. You know, it's not like Halo where you have cutscenes where you see Chief. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that in Borderlands when you're actually playing as a protagonist basically they're they're a camera with a gun <laughs> you know they're not even really a person and i think part of the problem with borderlands pre-sequel besides the game itself not being that much fun to play period um was the fact that the protagonists did talk too much and they were uninteresting people they weren't funny they were uninteresting you know and that's the problem. That's the risk you run. Like now, you've created characters that nobody—well, I should say nobody likes—but that, that that I don't like. You know, same thing happened with the uh, Assassin's Creed Three with Connor. You know, one of the reasons I hate, didn't like Assassin's Creed Three is because of Connor. I didn't like Connor as a character. You know, at least with the first-person shooter, you know, with the silent protagonist, you can kind of pour yourself into that character. You know, like Half-Life Two. Uh, you're Gordon Freeman, silent protagonist, but you learn about Gordon and his legend based off of what the NPCs say to him. That is solid, man. That's solid. I'm a little worried now because the next Borderlands, I really hope they don't have the protagonist talking all the time unless they can manage to make them likable. <laughs> you know, likable and funny. That was such a big... The dialogue, the dialogue in uh, Borderlands the pre-sequel was not good. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, but as far as the pre-sequel goes, like you're playing characters that become villains in the in Borderlands itself, correct? Or Borderlands? Yeah. So, in a way, it's almost like they they can't make the characters likable because they're villains. No, they can because Jack is a likable villain. I guess. I like guess. you like Jack, you like him and you hate him at the same time. But Jack is fucking like he's he's fucking hilarious in Borderlands too. You know, Borderlands 2, he, he's really funny. And, like, you know, you hate him, but you like him. You know? You want to kill him, but you don't want to kill him at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing about, about, about Jack and Borderlands 2. Uh, but these, yeah, these characters in, Bor- in Borderlands Pre-Sequel, it's, like, I, it's the first Borderlands I haven't finished. Well, it, it sounds like, though, like, because, I mean, uh, the, the author, he kind of, you know, he says that, like, he thought, 
like he was on board with the concept of the silent protagonist as well. And then they did focus testing and that's when they kind of like started to come around like, Oh, we need to make these people talk. And it sounds like you agree with him as he felt at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, who do they focus test though? Console gamers, probably console gamers. (laughs) So, I mean, the problem isn't so much with the developer. It's with the focus testers. It is like, yeah, it's like, who did you talk to? They say, oh, it was awkward that, you know, they don't talk to you or, you know, they don't mention the character's name. Because that's the thing, like, you're supposed to be, the perspective is like, you are that person. It's not like, a, you know, a third person, uh, you know, a third person shooter where you are detached from that person. Even Halo, playing Halo makes you feel kind of badass. Because even though Chief is talking to Cortana or he's talking to this person, he's talking to that person. And actually, Chief doesn't even really talk all that much. You know, it's mostly people just talking to him or at him, you know? So, like, uh, you really, like, Chief, most of Chief's dialogue comes from the cutscene. So I guess that's another thing. But you feel badass because you're doing all this shit as Chief. Like, the first person shooter, is, it, it's supposed to engulf a player more so, you know? Yeah, but I think I think part of it too, though, is that even though you don't see the character, even even though you don't see the character, like there is, you do get to that character selection screen, and I think it really depends how much you're able to customize the characters. Uh, whereas, like if you're just picking from like one of like four predefined characters, uh, and you know, and they look how they look and they act how they act, um, then it, you know it kind of makes sense to let them let them inhabit the world a little more. But if you if if you're given the opportunity to customize. Uh, you know, and, and the greater that you can customize the character, even though you never actually see it in game because you're seeing it out their eyes, I think there's still a, a there's almost like an implication that if I'm able to you know choose the character's you know hair or their or their skin or, or their clothes, um, then you know then then I should be able to choose how they play. Whereas if you're you know if you're if you're picking somebody and all you ever see is you know their armor, so you don't have any in, input about you know, you know their their gender, or their race, or you know what what they look like beyond what they're wearing. Um, or something along those lines. It's easier to kind of be like, okay, well, we need to, you know, in, in that case, we 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 still need to give them like a, a a blank slate a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's that's just my thing. Like, I I couldn't really pour myself into these characters. Um. Not to mention, like, I'll be in the middle of doing something, and all of a sudden they start talking. And, like I said, it's, it's, it was kind of, the, the dialogue was boring, it wasn't funny, and it kind of started, it drained a little bit of the game, you know? Not to mention, like, when I played Borderlands and Borderlands 2, I was playing with other people. You know, I was playing with, like, you know, my friends. And so, not having the characters talk was fine, because me and my friends were talking all the time, you know? And now it's kind of like, well, what did my character just say? You know, now I have to worry about, you know, when I'm when I'm dealing with, uh, you know, when I'm dealing with um, dialogue in the game, now I have to worry about at least two people talking. I got to worry about my character and the other side talking, you know? And I don't know. I just, I, I think silent protagonists are great for first-person shooters. I think they're great for first-person shooters. And I really, really hope going forward in Borderlands, they don't go, like, you know, all in with this, you know, protagonist talking thing. I really hope so. And I hope that they make him funny again. Like, I'm sorry, but Borderlands, the pre-sequel, was, was, it is the worst Borderlands so far. 
I'm actually very interested in checking out uh, Tales from the Borderlands, though, because Telltale is good. They make great games, and I hope they worked with the main dialogue guys from from uh, Gearbox, because the pre-sequel, definitely, uh, that was uh, Gearbox Australia, I believe. Uh, dude, there's this one part in uh, pre-sequel where you talk to somebody that has, like, I guess an aboriginal accent, if, if that's correct. I mean, I may be totally wrong about but it's like an Australia an Australian accent but it's like the Austra- like you know it's like the Foster's accent from that Foster's commercial like yes, Australian yes. for beer it's like that and he's speaking in all of these I get in all this like Australian slang when he's talking and he does it for so long it gets annoying it's the one thing if you talk for like, I don't know 30 seconds but he he has like this one thing where he talks for like two minutes straight, and it is not funny. It is not cool. You know, I don't know. I just I don't know, dude. I just can't with the with the, with the free sequel. I kind of want to beat it just to make say I, I beat it and I get the full story. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, eh, never mind. You know, so. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's gonna bring us to end our topics today. What? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the end of our topics today. Um, let's see what's coming out soon. Bloodborne is that this week? Yeah, I think Bloodborne. so. I think so. I still don't know what that game's about. I have not followed that it, at all. It, it sounds like it's. I don't know if it's actually like a follow up to uh, Dark Souls, but it sounds like it's at least Dark Dark Souls style. Hmm. Well, and also, I know Metal Slug 3 is coming out on that Spring Fever thing. And you know what? I, I had Metal Slug for... Uh, I had Metal Slug for the Xbox 360. And I'll be honest with you guys. Um, Metal Slug isn't really fun on when you don't have to put quarters in. <laughs> because, like, the game is ridiculously hard. The game is ridiculously hard. The, the game was a quarter eater. But the thing that forced you to be a better player... Was the fact that you did you, you know, you wanted to make sure you didn't uh, die, so it didn't take quarters. But now you don't have that pressure, and it's just a ridiculously hard game that you die and come back, die and come back. It's stupid. Like it's, I don't know. I think this may be the only like the first spring uh, fever purchase that I don't make. To be honest with you. So, but other than that, I don't see anything else really coming out besides that Forza, that Fast and Furious uh, DLC for Forza. Uh, well, Borderlands the Handsome Collection. Yeah, what is that? Borderlands 2? Was that 1 and 2? Or is, there, is that 2 and... Yeah, it's Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel for PS4. So you can get your, your talkie protagonists. You can get your talkie protagonists. Yeah, it comes out on Tuesday. So, uh, But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, you can wow! You can catch us on a few places now because we're on SoundCloud.com slash match those buttons as always. We're on iTunes or on iTunes for your for your iOS devices. We're on Stitcher Smart Radio for your iOS and Android devices for streaming or downloading. We are on Player.fm, and we are also on uh, Pocket Casts for Android. Yes. So we yeah we're 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 all over the place now, man. <laughs> I'm exci- I, I I I didn't get the chance to listen, but I did download uh, our, our show last week. It's in uh, it's in my queue. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, see, even Nick's listening to it, and he's on the show. I know. Well, that's why I'm not so concerned I didn't get to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, you know, if, actually, if you guys have, if you have a preferred method of uh, getting your podcast and we're not on it, let me know. 
I'll see what I can when, do. Uh, when when is in orbit coming to Pocket Cast? Is that going to take a while? Uh, it's not going to take a while. I just want to make sure that you know, in orbit is still a thing before I put it on there. <laughs> uh oh, I I need to listen to the last one then. Don't. Oh no no no! Like we um basically in orbit like we're technically speaking, we've done three Destiny podcasts. In orbit had its second official episode. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, you know, we just want to make sure, especially because there's a content drop going on, actually, that's the, that's the title of In Orbit. Uh, it's content drop, there's a content drop going on. And I got your message, your little snarky message, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> 14 so, months. Try going 14 months without content. Yeah, like, yeah, like, Nick, he sent me a message saying, like, I've had content droughts longer than Destiny has even existed. Yes. So, like, he, he's right about that, but I was like, wow, Nick is being snarky right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's why for in orbit, like, plus not to mention, I have to have a um, we got to have like a podcast cover done for in orbit and double tap, to be honest with you. Okay, so yeah, it's coming, it's coming. I think by the next episode, it'll be on there for you. Cool, cool. I'll be looking forward to that. All right, uh, so speaking of other podcasts, obviously, in orbit, we just dropped one last week. Uh, so if you play Destiny, definitely check that out. Uh, double tap. Uh, we had one for uh, March already. April is going to be coming up in the beginning of the month. Uh, we also have Wow Talk, which is bi-weekly. So, you know, you could check those podcasts out, man. Check them out. And, uh, you know, we, we, we'll we have more podcasts coming down the pipe as, you know, as, as we see opportunities. So, But, yeah, if you like Wow, we got something for you. Like Fighting Games, we got something for you. And if you like Destiny, we also have something for you. So, uh, as always, uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. 